Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the IP2 podcast. Normally, our content is a little bit slow in coming, but because we just wrapped up recording with a couple special guests here, and a big batch of Dusk Till Dawn spoilers just dropped over the last few days, including today, we thought it would be a great opportunity to get some hot takes that we'll all be very embarrassed of in a little bit when the whole whole set is announced. And along for the ride are those two special guests, Adam and Andrew. So we're going to do a very quick introduction. You're going to learn all about them in the episode coming up later this week. So I'm just going to ask for names, favorite heroes, and results that they're most proud of. And just because we keep it equitable and fair here, Shay, you're going to go first. Your name, your favorite hero, and the result that you're the most proud of in Fab. (laughs) <laughs> that caught me off guard. I didn't think I was going to be asked this question. Um, well, my name's Shay Ashby. Obviously, I'm one of the hosts of the IP2 podcast. My favorite hero is a tie between Prism uh, and Icelander. They are both special to me in that uh, when I first started playing Fab, I always jumped heroes. Uh, I'd lose games, find a new hero, lose game, find a new hero. And I finally settled down on Prism and Icelander and got to develop a uh, skill with them. And I feel like I have an affinity for those two. And my proudest result is probably PQ or no RTN uh, uh, splitting with Andrew here. Uh, what <laughs> RTN events? Uh, yeah, that would be. Was it PQ? I think that was PQ season two. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if it was a PQ or, or an That's RTN. No, that was right. PQ one. That was the yeah. s- Taps yeah. PQ, wasn't it? It was the one where this man pulled a gold foil Anathos. So jealous. Yeah. All right, let's let's go to our next guest. Andrew. Hey, my name is Andrew Pedleski. I'm playing competitive fab up here in Edmonton, Alberta. Really happy to be on the podcast and the spoiler reviews here. So thanks again for having me. Uh, My favorite hero since joining Flesh and Blood was Chain. I loved kind of snowballing, starting small at the start of the game and getting up to playing like a 10 card hand at the end of the game that was pretty fun especially when i got my opponent blocking and they couldn't play the game anymore and i increasingly got bigger hands every turn and what is the result you're most proud of oh true um probably like shay said here some of the ProQuest or rtn wins that i've gathered there's just too many of them. You don't have this particular <laughs> one that, that stands out. Let's take the <laughs> e- economy take. Whichever one I won the uh, Courage of Blade hold. That was that was the highest dollar. He's eyeing up his second <laughs> uh, trophy shelf now. He's his first one is overlaid in. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Andrew. And uh, Adam, why don't you give us a, a quick introduction? Hey, I'm Adam Filipchuk. Uh, you may know me as uh, Fom Tulery from uh, the Combat Chain and uh, the Fab Team Cup. Uh... I favorite hero. I, I I've waffled on this because just like Shay, I've spent so much time playing and enjoying so many different heroes. But I think at this point, I'm I'm a wizard main through and through. It's just that that's that's what's the most fun to me. Uh, and it, it's it, it's Kano and Icelander for different reasons. Uh, I I I love Wildfire Blazing. It's so much fun to just like. YOLO and let's see if we can pull it off you know obviously it's a calculated YOLO but it's still a YOLO and meanwhile Icelander was just this calculated value chess match and they're just they're both so much fun uh favorite or biggest finish near and dear to my heart uh 
it's a toss-up between um, either the first uh, Pro Quest here in Alberta, um, just getting to you know win that talismanic lens, the first gold foil in Alberta, and be able to say I did that uh, means a lot to me. But also, uh, I really cherish um, uh, my time grinding for 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 France and for um, Nats year two, um, and um, you know was it seventy six at France and then eleventh at at Nats, one win away from top eight. Uh, those are really near to my heart too all right thank you so much so just out of equity my name is felix chung my favorite hero is oldham so i'm looking for for a new main squeeze here and my my proudest result is probably top four at the very first rtn i had no idea what to do besides block and i just blocked my way to to a, a result in i think my fourth flesh and blood event ever so that was uh that was something nice. maybe that's that's why i like oldham <laughs> let's uh let's move it move it right along here so i'm looking at february and we have we are in the very unfortunate position of knowing what 80 percent or 85 percent of the cards so there may be some key pieces missing that are just going to make us all look like fools as we react to limited information here. But I hear that this is called content and this is what people like. So let's let's start. And we're going to do this by sections here. In the interest of time, I think each of us are going to pick a couple cards that look interesting to us and just uh, a general feeling about um how how the cards in that section uh you know make them feel or or what they're most interested in but before we get into the weeds here give us your general impressions of spoiler season and how things unfolded how do you think dust till dawn is shaping up as a set so i guess uh let's start with you andrew hey thanks um I like how it was such a slow roll of spoilers, getting almost like one a week, it felt like. And now, bam, it's like the floodgates have been opened and I wake up to another 20 spoilers. And I stop looking at Discord and throughout the day, there's been another 20 spoilers. And honestly, it's been so fast, I can't even keep up. I'm just letting my, my biases completely take control. And I've only been reading the VIN set and the Prism cards for the last day or two. I've just stopped reading the Bolton cards. I'm like, these look cool. These look kind of strong. But I was not a fan of playing Bolton myself before. So I'm just saving myself some some brain waves and just trying to focus on two of the heroes right now. Got it. But before we move on, are you going to be seeing the Levia cards for the first time here? Or, or do you kind of know what's up with those? I... I read them. I watched okay. a video on on some of the more complicated interactions, but there's okay, a few so of them I've certainly forgotten as well. So this isn't going to be like a React style, you know, man sees Levia redeemed for the first time kind of thing. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm a couple steps past that. <laughs> Got it. Adam, how about you? Uh, I've I've been enjoying this spoiler season. Uh, same thing with Andrew. I'm to some extent struggling to keep up. Uh, it definitely feels like every time I open Discord, it's like, where did all these come from? But it's uh, definitely fun to uh, you know start thinking about uh, what we get to do next. And uh, I'm just yeah, I, I'm excited for for me. It's just a new meta, just new opportunity, just to see new interactions, and that that's always the 
always fun regardless of power level or you know does this set speak to me or not it's just always fun to learn the game awesome shay yeah um kind of like them it's really exciting right now it's almost overwhelming uh i was a little i would have liked a little bit more i think prior to this big weekend like it was so light and spoilers leading up to it that you know you had four or five days to disc discuss one card with people or watch even like the purple discord talk about it and kind of would have liked maybe one more in the middle of the week um but maybe that's just the, the desire to learn more and more about the new set coming out and kind of like andrew i have not looked at the levia cards because i just kind of looked at them and i'm like i don't have time and brain power to register what these cards are doing so i focused on um looking at and learning even less cards than he did so this will be kind of a reacts video or reacts podcast for me all right and and i have to ask what is your cat's favorite hero and what does your cat think about the spoilers <laughs> did, did you just hear him yep. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i muted my mic right after and i was like oh man here we go um his favorite hero is bolton uh typical typical cat. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, just just to add my two cents here, and I, I guess I have the privilege of going last because I have the power. You should not let this power get to my head. I I spent. Uh, I was very intrigued by spoilers season. I unfortunately spent too much time reading chat and getting angry about people's terrible takes about how such and such was terrible, and mm -hmm. you know such and such were design mistakes. Uh, but that's always a bit of a frustrating part about spoiler season. People just saying this looks underpowered or overpowered without all the information i'm really looking forward to especially the what this new hero transformation uh, mechanic does um for levia and i think it opens up a lot of new design space uh, so so really really happy about the direction of the game overall and yeah yes with that let's move on into February. Um, thank you, February, for such an awesome spoiler tracker. It seems very up to date. And the first chunk of spoilers here is for Light Illusionist, starting with Prism Awakener of Soul. Looks like we have an L, a bunch of M's, and then a bunch of commons um, all revealed to us so far. Shay? Uh, I do want to mention that at this time, um, card ID numbers 13 to 31 are missing on February, but they are heralds that we already know. They're the Judgment, Protection, Ravages, Rebirth, Tenacity, Triumph, and War Tune Herald. So they're being reprinted in the set. Mm. Huh. Got it. So that's what that block is that's missing. Nice. And since you started, Shay, you, you get to keep going. Sweet. What do you think? Uh, as somebody who's focusing primarily on Prism, uh, really excited about the the set and the prospects of the cards that are here. Um, I kind of don't want to take some of the obvious ones like the figments, the the new luminaris or numinaris is probably the the big focal point for um, prism this set, and it's until we get to play with the cards, it's going to be really hard to to see how things pan out. But I was kind of talking to Andrew about this, and my first thought surrounding like specifically this card and how it's going to interact with the new prism is that. If, I think if somebody that goes like full Herald into Figments, they're going to have a bad time. Um, I think something like Leviah being probably going to be very present at the beginning of the season, as well as people probably hearkening back to Bravo, trying to 
figure that out if, since they lost their, their old domain, that you're going to be in for a hard time by focusing just on heralds. You're just going to get popped to death. Uh, and so you're going to have to have a strategy. And I think that um, Prism is going to have to be like uh, a hybrid hero again with something like the new uh, Refractor uh, Illusionist weapon that is two for five aura swing or back to Iris of Reality. Um, so I want to see how uh, she really develops surrounding Luminaris, uh, Celestial Fury, as the, my first card. All right. No, th thanks a lot for that, Shay. And I, I put extra weight into your, your thoughts because, yeah, you you were a really, really good Prism player back in the day. And Adam, you, you were known for playing a little bit of Prism as well back in the day as well. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, my 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 first thought is I, I'm curious where uh, you know if we're looking at this from the perspective of wearing the competitive hat, I, I'm kind of curious where the optimal strategy lies in now, and I'm I'm curious even um, do we get all the support um, Prism needs right away? Like I'm always whenever we get a new set, that's kind of always one of my first things that I'm mindful of is uh yeah are we gonna have enough set uh, support to pull whatever this is off and you know if we look at prism conventionally she didn't really reach her full power until everfest dropped where you know we were able to see full 24 hours or as uh prism takeoff so uh with that being said though um um one card that does stand out to me is uh angelic descent uh it's kind of like uh i i view it as a uh prism mauve skies equivalent um and you know while shay's meant you know does make a good point of you got to be mindful of is the herald's plan viable in your meta um if it is and with heralds being as just such good rate as they are um without having luminaris uh angelic descent could be a really cool way to do some uh really oppressive proactive turns but, but yeah beyond that i'm just kind of sitting in the boat of I need to see it all, and I, I don't know what's ideal for Prism yet. I want to touch on Angelic Descent. I, I agree with you. I don't know if it's going to be a 9 of. It depends on the build, but I think it's going to be, you know, definitely the yellows and, and maybe the blues or maybe the reds together in every deck, I think, because um, the, the cost of getting that go again from Luminaris for 2 plus the pitch into Heralds is quite costly. So what do you have to take on your turn by not being blocking to have, you know, pitch cards and heralds to swing and use this angelic descent. Yeah. And even angelic descent being an instant. Yeah. You lose the ability of uh, blocking with it, but you gain yeah. the whole um, element to surprise. Like you, I, I'm always, whenever I'm playing high level, I'm always thinking what play, like where, how do I give my opponent the less information and, you know, being able to do this at instant speed does, I think, make it an interesting card to think mm -hmm. about playing in, in Prism. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, see, I don't know what happened to me, because I thought I was just going to be this look at Vincent only huge Vincent stan, and then I started seeing all the art <laughs> and the Marvel Prism cards, and my eyes are just popping out of my head like some old cartoon character. When you told me you're and... a Prism main now, I was like, who are you and what did you do with Andrew? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened, but I've been swallowed up by the light over here. Yeah. So my card, um, Figment of Erudition, really pops out to me. Um, and if I think of like the play patterns with this card, I want to be spending all of my resources attacking with some heralds, maybe giving them some go again with the Luminaris. Hopefully we get one into soul, which is going to be 
triggering our chess piece and get the, the figment of my choice out of my deck for free, the figment of erudition comes out giving me a ponder token, which I can still get an arsenal at the end of my turn despite mm -hmm. using all of my cards. And on the other side of it, the Soraya Archangel of Erudition. When she attacks, you may banish a card from your hero's soul if you do draw two cards. It seems insane. I love drawing cards. So how do you think that after you play Figment and then attack with Soraya, you draw two cards, do you think that you're going to have use for those two cards? Like, Are we looking at finding more uh, instants off the top or somehow having the go again um, on Soraya so that we can utilize those two cards? Have you kind of thought about what we're going to do there? Um, well, I'm hoping to draw some instants that I can play. I tried jamming a game on Talishar today, and I drew a lot of cards that are instant and do not block. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Got him. So go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah, that, that's exactly why you won. When you start with 32 life, it's uh, to not be able to block when you need yeah. to. Now, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but on attack is when I banish the card and I may draw two cards. Then I could be activating the staff to give it go again after I've drawn these cards. The staff is just an instant as well. And so drawing the cards could fuel yeah. the ability to keep playing the game. Yep. Yeah, wow. Oh, that's that's really good to hear. And just further to your point about, you know, the Prism, the art drawing new fans to, to Prism. Um, more than just the cards, Prism being back in the set has let me try to convince my wife to play Fab again. Like she was playing events. <laughs> yeah. Like she was going to armories, she was playing Prism, then Living Legend happened, and then she got upset, you know, at that and stopped, which was unfortunate. But now Prism's back. And there's all these pretty Marvel heralds that she wants to collect, nice. which is going to be terrible for <laughs> our wallets. But, uh, you know, there, there is something to be said just about the power of fandom, how people identify with certain heroes, be it through their gameplay or their aesthetic. And I'm, I'm really happy that Prism is coming back, even though I've been terrorized by Prism time and time again um and same thing with vincent with a, a shadow um rune blade play style and honestly yeah like you said andrew the art is absolutely gorgeous i'm i'm trying to figure out which one's my favorite i think for for me it might be rebirth uh for now but that that might change uh when you ask me again tomorrow i'm just more yeah I'm, I'm just really looking forward to finding how this is all going to work Myself, coming from a Guardian background, I see a lot of Herald support here. I'm seeing Bravo maybe getting an uptick and Leviah is getting some some support. And I'm, I'm just seeing a, a lot of pops and a lot of no blocks and 32 life. And I'm, I'm wondering, is there an Iris shell that, can, that this prism can switch to to enact that Iris game plan? Are there enough auras? How does that work? That's what I'm... Mm -hmm. most curious about how they're going to be able to keep up that scary looking herald beatdown package but not just have a terrible matchup into a couple decks that are surely to be quite popular any other closing thoughts on on prism all right let's move on to the Bolton cards or the Light Warrior cards. I need to be careful because if they spoil 
a new light warrior and I just refer to them as Bolton cards, I'm just that that's that's gonna be bad. It's no longer that's, evergreen. That's right. <laughs> none none of this is evergreen. This is <laughs> this is the age like uh age like milk uh part of our catalog. Yeah. So we're we're starting with uh there there's a beaming blade, there's a legendary chest, there's a bunch of bannerets, a bunch of M's. A uh, bunch of R's have been spoiled, V for Valor, all the way down to Charge of the Light Brigade there. So quite a bit of support for Bolton. I'm not sure who among us has the most experience with Bolton. I'm not sure that Shay's cat speaks English. <laughs> so, no. We'll I do just, have a couple uh, thoughts here, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so from the, you know just laying low in different discord servers and paying attention to people I really respect kind of seeing what they've had to say about Bolton in the past. Uh, the one takeaway uh, I'm always reminded of is Bolton is an incredibly card hungry hero. Um, mm -hmm. If you can find a way to satisfy that uh, rate wise, his cards actually do do a lot. And if you can survive and pull off uh, any form of Lumina, um, it is quite devastating for your opponent. Now, he did get a really cool upgrade in uh, Dynasty that was uh, Spirit of Irina. Um, and with that, now it's it's hard for me to fully evaluate things here, but my thought is, the the big thing Bolton needs is he needs uh, solutions for that card hungry aspect. You know, like playing a card, charging a card. Um, it, it's it's very expensive, uh, and I think I don't know. I've always thought the uh, hot take. I've always thought the Savers Bolton thing's a little bit of a a, a pipe dream, and like maybe Raiden's a little. Uh, better um so in that sense beaming blade doesn't stand out to me but there was i'm trying to find it here as i'm scrolling through the release there was a card that i believe um if you've charged and it hits you draw a card or something like that uh with some form of like it was something that stood out to me from the perspective of this allows you to charge but it also can replace the card you've charged mm -hmm. uh but i, I don't know beckoning looks like the closest three. one Beckoning uh, looks like the closest one. Was at, it that maybe the But it aura? puts it from your graveyard to your top of your deck. Or was there an aura or something? Or uh, was it radiant? For no, not radiant force field. Uh, crap, I can't remember. Uh, and this is where, like the rest of us, I at the end of the day, I haven't been paying close enough attention to Bolton. I just, <laughs> I remember reading something. Uh, I, I'm not going to waste all this time looking at it. I remember reading something that. Uh, Lu Lumina Lance. As an additional uh, cost to play this card, you can banish up to three cards from your hero's soul. Choose as ma that many modes. Uh, target Lance light attack gets plus two. Me, yeah. Uh, yeah, target Lance or light attack gets when this hits, draw a card. And then target light attack gets when this hits, get go again. So that's probably what you're talking about. Prayer, was it Prayer of Bologna? I kind of remember a zero for three that had an on hit draw. This is why we don't do content that that is. Oh, oh, it <laughs> was it was it, my it was prayer. I believe it was prayer of Bologna, and what stood out to me about it was the fact that you can actually uh, proc a card off the top of your deck before you charged, and it was just a little you know an, an extra interaction to get more cards into your hand before you did the charge thing, and maybe be able to have a little more control on. I don't oh, care yeah. about charging this card versus actually being able to keep the cards you want to play in your hand. Um, so I don't know if it's enough to, um, to, it, it, uh, it's, it's, it's pump also makes Bolton able to give whatever the attack is go again. So, uh, I don't know if it's enough to fix Bolton or really make him competitive, but that's, that one did stand out to me for Bolton. 
your actual knowledge of specific cards has blown me away. So that's really good. That's, uh... <laughs> uh, Andrew, any anything stand out to you? Yeah, Spirit of War seems pretty good. That's the one where additional cost, you may charge it. If a yellow card was charged this way, whenever an attack action card hits this combat chain, create a courage token. That allows for some opportunity in there to make multiple courage tokens. And then it would be cool to see how far they can go with that with maybe multiple weapon swings after that. Also, actually, being courage tokens are... Uh, one of the things I found playing into Bolton is if you can find ways to not um because this whole thing is you know he needs to give go again based off of a, a card being greater than his base so if you can find ways mm -hmm. to not interact with you know if you don't block with attack actions or something like that all of a sudden he can't get his go again uh so mm -hmm. yeah to andrew's point um the, the courage tokens could really help enable some things there too anything to add shay um, I hate to pick a legendary here but I think soul bond resolve is a light warrior equipment chess piece uh, is going to do a lot of things for Bolton. It has uh, this text that reads, when this defends, you may charge your hero's soul. The first time you would be dealt damage each turn, if you've charged this turn, prevent one of that damage. And has temper, so it can block, you know, three damage. Um, with being card hungry, and obviously cho uh, charging is his main mechanic, being able to play defensively and still be able to charge cards biding time for a window i think is going to be really big for helping him get um like his engine up and going a lot quicker in the game so being able to charge two cards here um i think is going to be help you know propel him a bit quicker in the game yeah absolutely and if, if we're in for a bit of a slower meta as well that's uh that's time for bolton to shine Mm -hmm. and, and speaking of those predictions we should do our ban and restricted predictions at the end of this we, we should just jam in all the hot takes <laughs> <laughs> like in one episode all right um for my own part i'm i'm pretty intrigued by you know to to the point of um bolton being reliant on the attack being higher than base i i am intrigued by things like uh, charge of the light brigade or even the other pump here, uh, Resounding Courage, which buff, or you know, either through reaction in the case of Resounding Courage, or as an action in the case of Charge of the Light Brigade. Just it seems like ways to to give Bolton just um, again additional guarantees uh, mm -hmm. that he can pop off that turn. He's not going to get stuffed by the opponent being able to to no block or have a, a non attack block or equipment block ready so yeah all right anything else about uh light warrior do do you guys feel that bolton will be a force in the upcoming meta or, or what are your thoughts there the, the problem is the moment bolton becomes competitive you just start playing ice yeah Good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, one blizzard and he kills his combo <laughs> You uh, talking with Grant, who is probably the one of the most foremost uh, Bolton players in Calgary. Um, he's not super stoked with the reveal so far. Um, piling on to the card hungry, his uh, cards are low to the ground and aren't fit with on hits. So you're looking at low go wide damage with no real reason to block them. And so you take a bunch of damage 
to return damage, but you know, it's it's vanilla. You're not necessarily presenting must blocks all of the time to your opponent, which right now that kind of feels like the quote unquote meta that we're sitting in is on hits are really relevant right now. Um, with like Le- the way Lexi and Rangers are being played. So he's a little bit worried about that. And I, and I can kind of see where he's coming from. Yeah, I noticed some of the cards are below rate too. And in that sense, I wondered, oh, how do we how do we make this up? So I, I have had that thought as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, poor, poor Bolton. He'll, he's just going to become the next, you know, Az- Azalea slash uh, Le- Levia where people are just like, I want Bolton to be good. And <laughs> All right. We'll move on to the light cards. So starting with the four equipment and United We Stand, Lumina Lance, Radiant Force Field, and then a bunch of rares and commons. Looks like we have most of them spoiled at this point. Guess any any thoughts about this uh, this set of cards? I guess Shay, you want to get us sure. started? I think that Lumina Lance is going to see the most play uh, out of the light cards. Um, obviously, it fits into Bolton with the uh, charging and getting uh, pumps to your attack. Yeah, when I saw Lumina Lance, that was kind of my thought. I'm like, look at this weird uh, Enlightened Strike Celestial Cataclysm slash Razor Reflex. Uh, I don't even know attack reaction we're getting. And I was like, hmm, this could be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did, are there any other standout cards for you, Adam? United We Stand. And for one reason oh, yeah. only, it says the word party in it that to me suggests we're getting uh closer to pve we've acknowledged uh this mechanic called the party now um and that's that's really exciting uh i've often said like at the end of the day uh you know if you you look at the the surge that made uh, the game magic what it is today yeah there was the you know the initial competitive rush but at the end of the day commander is is know is what the millions of people play and if we want flesh and blood to become the same we need pve to be something stupendous and you know this card hinting at pve just makes me excited because i'm like it's one step closer to what i hope to be the true potential of flesh and blood that's that's awesome and anything uh stand out for you there andrew no, not really. It was kind of Lumina Lance. I keep reading this Radiant Force field, but I just can't figure out where it would be good at all. Yeah. That was going to be my addition to this topic was like, yeah, this is a card that I want to be good. This is a card that speaks to me. Oh, Ultra Fatigue Prism, you play three copies of Soul Food and you just like jam your soul full of crap and I don't know, well, I've got nothing. The, <laughs> the one thing the one thing that I can see this doing right now with the card pool is again, if you've built soul like you kind of mentioned, this allows you to block um like four breakpoints with a with a with one card. Yeah, absolutely. And keeping and trying to keep your angels around. This is going to be a way, potentially, obviously, if they're attacking Prism and not the Angels, a way that she gets to keep her Angels without sacrificing too much. Because the if the Angels get left alone, but you have to block to protect yourself from losing them due to the ward mechanic, then how do you swing them when you have no cards? Because you spent the, your whole um, your opponent's whole turn defending and losing your cards. Yeah. So I, I hope that Radiant Force Field is sort of one of the steps towards keeping your Angels around. Radiant Force Field would have definitely been good in just old school prism fatigue for sure. <laughs> I I was gonna pick Radiant Force Field because 
going back to that idea uh, of Iris being the selected strategy for anti-popper decks for Prism, this new Prism, I can see, you know, the early game for Prism being to establish some figments uh, one way or another. And the way Prism wins against Guardians, because it's happened to me time and time again, is Prism establishes multiple threats on a single turn. Um, Radiant Force Field is an instant, so you can establish multiple. And if you do that on the same turn as you flip a figment, then you, you leave a deck that has restricted access to go again. Uh, do you hit the the Angel, or do you hit Prism to try to, to get rid of the Force Field? Now, of course, this leaves, you know, this is very hungry on your soul because you need soul available for your force fields to not die and you need soul available to flip your your figments. But, I mean, this is at least one way this could go. I don't know. Maybe it's too, uh, too theoretical, but who knows? Well, since we're talking about soul food, soul food, I've seen a lot of chatter about it. And so I guess we're in a hot take mode. Do you guys think that Soul Food is be kind of going to enter Prism's deck? Is it going to be a a one of a three of? Um, what do you think, Andrew? Man, put me in the hot seat, <laughs> hey! <Yeah. laughs> I was actually going to flip the question and ask you when you were playing your old Prism control lists and mostly blocking. How often did you have a lot of cards in your soul? Um, I don't think you ever really got more than like three cards in soul. Um, the, the time that we were playing prism control was against chain and starvo and they gave no shits about blocking. So you quite easily got heralds into soul. Uh, I think we're in a different time. And now that the new prism has a very mask of momentum esque ability in that she's presenting something that you probably want to block a lot. Um, I don't know how easy it is going to be for your heralds to go into soul. So I think that, you know, you're, we're going to need some sort of soul food. Um, in uh, maybe not every matchup, but in some other matchups, I think into like the guardian, that's just going to block you or pop you. How do you flip your figments, you know, or how do you get your figments? Yeah. An honorable mention, Prism did run on and off like throughout her entire entirety of existence, soul food on and off, usually as a one of. And I've seen things like, you know, if you're on the play, you'd run it. If you're on the draw, you didn't. Um, yeah. Like you said, uh, Shay, if it was one of those things where you're going to have a harder time building up soul, you ran it. And so it, it, soul food is not a, a foreign card to Prism, but I don't think it's the most optimal. <laughs> Yeah, I just pulled it up again, and to your point, I was going to say, man, I do not think I want to cast this card unless it's on turn one. It was a turn zero ideal play is what it was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, plus, again, if you're you're playing Soul Food on a, a turn that's not turn one, you're basically blocking that much less and taking more damage, and you start with 32, right? That sounds super unoptimal. I totally understand that. But part of Prism's play patterns were eating a ton of early damage to establish that board control or that board state. Like you block where you had to, but when you found your pieces of like two blues and an instant aura and you got your tuna counter and you played your blue, or you, sorry, you played your instant aura and then your blue on a single turn 
to establish that you had to take damage. So that's kind of part of, I feel like her core mechanic as a, a board state hero. And this soul food is basically the same aspect, but maybe one more additional step. And like you already mentioned, Felix with less health. So it's, it's a bit scarier, but I still think it's part of her play pattern in a way. Yeah, definitely. I definitely understand the terror of being double aura'd, but uh, being soul fooded definitely, I guess, strikes a little bit less terror. Less right. Yeah, I, for I sure. do agree with Felix though that like it's it, you know it, to to your point, Shay, of investing life to enact your game plan. Um, with thirty two life, I am going to be very very um, critical of: is this investment worth? You know what i'm doing and I, I i at this point in time unless like we see just such a big payoff for having four cards in soul that like you just can't deny not doing it i i have a hard time yeah justifying you know playing a soul food to just eat a whole bunch of damage mm-hmm. but that that's at this point in time without we having fully tested it right since we're in the light section, I, I do want to pivot over to Bolton and ask. Bolton seems to be pivoting in, in a very yellow-heavy direction, so I have to ask. Library? I've wondered it. I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, 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 I always saw it in Prism as a win more card. So in, yeah, in, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, but I mean, maybe there's merit to it because of, again, he, him being a card-hungry hero. This gives him, you know, whatever, a free charge card right if he's True. able to keep it up so um, that gives him a bit more space to block if he has to or find a power turn to you know create tempo in space yeah yeah maybe and his his new sword also costs two so that helps him get the first pitch card into his pitch zone because i was even thinking like does Bolton even want to pitch like enough to no he never library he never liked pitching more than once if that in a turn yeah if that, and it was yeah. usually a red yeah. <laughs> but, yeah but but now with with beaming blade he can pitch a yellow come in for five uh i don't know i don't know hmm. we'll have to see yeah all right time to to move over to the shadow so Ooh, are we going to talk uh, about levia we are. Absolutely. So Shadow Brutes. Uh, so we have at this time Spoiled Hellhammer, Spoiled Skull, the M's Diabolic Offering, Shaden Death Hydra, Slithering Shadowpede, Expendable Limbs, Blood Dripping Frenzy, and a bunch of rares and commons. Guess uh, Adam, you sounded really excited. Take it away. <laughs> I'm having so much fun figuring out all the new ways Levia can kill herself. Um, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite right now is I figured out if she accidentally plays Death Hydra as Levia redeemed, it's instant death. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing has blood death. That's that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that 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 one looks interesting. Um. Hellhammer is just like, uh, like are we just talking like all just hell bent aggro? Because like, yeah, Levia has the best rate on cards. That that is just full stop but you know it was just she killed herself more often than she killed her opponent but yeah can you know are we, is there this all out like balls to the wall aggro build that actually wants to run hellhammer because you literally just thwack him once two for six and just keep going i don't know um <laughs> there's some 
really cool potential with Levia now with the new cards, but yeah, for me, it's just been fun to think, hmm, this could kill me, that could kill me, huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, you gotta have fun for sure. So I want to touch on Hellhammer, like you mentioned it, and like I saw this today um, while I was out, and I don't understand the card. <laughs> I hate to be that guy, I don't know much about Le- Levia, but a one-time two-for-six um, then it going to to your banner zone. I, I don't understand what it's trying to do. Does anybody can anybody elaborate on why this might be used? I'm in the same boat as you, Shay. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what is even uh, what what was the majestic weapon they got in Monarch the 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 flail hexagor. Yeah, I can't even figure out hexagor. I'm like I, I I don't see a world where in the early game the payoff of that value, you know, the the value of that attack pays off, you know, the amount of damage I'm taking, and then at the end game, I just died of my blood dead anyway. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't... Oh, you know what? The only... No. If it went to graveyard, maybe, I'd say it's it's a great way to just fill your graveyard, but the fact that it goes... Oh, can it turn off blood debt? So... No. Oh, because it's... A... Oh, can it? No, it's a six. Oh. It's a it's six. A six, yeah. Can it turn off blood debt there for you the go. turn? All right. I could see that. Uh, how does Levia read? Um, yes, that's the next thing that we need to go. check. Is it an attack Levia. action? Stand by, I got it up here. Um, if a card, if a <laughs> card with six or more power has been put into your banished zone this turn, so yes, it does turn off Levia. So that's what it is. Okay, it's 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 it's, yeah. it's a get out of jail free card. Yep. And the the other thing is. Um, if the new Levia really is built around coming in with big attacks to such a degree that even something like Blood Rush Bellow, like you're not even trying to play around that and getting a lot of extra action points, maybe you're just never counting on swinging with your weapon ever. Like, maybe, yeah, you, you swing oh, it once. Ideally, you're, you're truly not. in a Agreed. desperate situation. Then, then what does it matter? what what your weapon reads or if it blows itself out up in fact it having blood debt helps you achieve certain conditions on on getting the demi heroes out so this seems like really smart design especially yeah. now that you you mentioned that it actually also turns off blood debt yeah so it's absolutely actually also a get out of jail free card is there an easy way to give it go again or get more than one action point scabskins scabs scabs yeah right yeah okay so yeah if you can well shadow hooves first, are even more reliable Oh yeah, hooves. Yep. Yeah, so doing that first, closing the chain, letting it go to banish. A lot of other cards. Actually, letting it go to banish say, will trigger hooves. Yeah. And if a card with six or more plus power is banished this way, this gets plus two. It's just an easy way to banish like the next attack you play in the turn as well. Some of them are specifying banish a card from hand, and some of them are specifying like just if a card with six or more power is banished this way. Yeah. We, are, we are collectively talking ourselves up on this card. <laughs> oh, actually, the other one that I thought could be good Seems for good. Uh, Levia 2 is Blood Dripping Frenzy. This screams Shadow Brute uh, Blood Rush Bellow to me. I am I have this pulled up right now, and I'm literally reading it. I'm like, this is a card I want to talk about. You want to put more random high rolling potential into Brute? I really like this design. This seems really interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I did see someone mention something about uh, going tear limb from limb into Death Hydra. <laughs> oh, nice. For 26. Clean 26. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm so, taking 13, so for, but you're taking 26. 
so for our listeners, Blood Dripping Frenzy um, reads, as an additional cost to play this, banish your hand. Draw a card for each card with blood debt banished this way. Your brute and shadow attacks get plus X this turn, where X is the number of cards with six or more banished, six or more power banished this way. Go again. So you, you want to have like a full yard Dread Screamer or something and then then swing in with the Hellhammer, pop your hooves and finish him off with the Endless Maw or something? Well, it's, it's giving you a couple of conditions that if you don't meet one, there's a secondary condition to get a benefit from, which I think is really cool. The first one is you draw cards based on cards with blood debt, and then your bonus power to your attacks are from cards that have six or more. So if you don't, you know, this is a blue as well. It's a three pitch. So maybe it's looking at second cycle and some sort of pitch deck. But if you have the opportunity to play it prior to that, you know, you're getting random cards. They're not necessarily going to whiff uh, because there's two conditions to meet on this card that you can potentially get a benefit from. Yeah. And and Levia does run a decent curve. Like there should be lots of blues. So yeah, if you have the red Dread Screamer in your arsenal and you, you play this, you discard your other three cards. You have a pretty good shot of getting enough resources in that redraw to uh, to fuel, fuel your your yeah. big turn. Yeah, um, yeah, that's sweet. So, call call to action: um, Do Levio players play Energy Potion if they're running Blood Dripping Frenzy? Uh, let us know. Reach out to us on the IP Two Podcast on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so many interesting <laughs> cards in, in Levia. It's, uh, I mean, we haven't said anything about the Demi Heroes. Um, I mean, Levia Redeemed and, and Blasmafet Levia Consumed. Like, even from a pure flavor perspective, the fact that you, you see the two choices of, of where Levia could go and that happens like in mid battle, that's freaking sweet to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it opens up huge possibilities for what could happen to heroes, I guess, moving forward. Um, and I guess part of me just laughs. I imagine uh, Josh Scott, the rules manager from Fab's reaction, like when the design team pitched this to him, like, <laughs> you want to do yeah. what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, from, from a judge perspective, what do we think? Do, 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 you, do you think old Prism, sorry, sorry to jump back, but do, do, do you think new Prism is going to give as many issues as, as old Prism? I mean, Spectre is coming back, but more limited. I think not so much. One of the, one of the biggest factors is that the, the longevity of the game like, um, and the experience of the players, player base, uh, it's not a new mechanic to a lot of us because we've been able to see it in some facet um, up, up at this point. And even <clears throat> Prism gets played in Blitz, which we don't talk very much about. But, you know, she's pretty strong in Blitz. And I think people are kind of learning and starting to see her um, there. And, yeah, I don't think it's going to be as complicated because there's not going to be um, as many windows to do, you know, her standard standard shenaniganery. Um, but I think people are going to learn, still learn, um, timing of instances and priority windows, but yep. you know, Icelander and Kano have been around for a long time too, and there's some learning there. Um, but Prism will do it in a different area in a different way. So, but I don't think it's as, as complicated. And and like you said, Spectre has always been the biggest one. Um, and that's you know we're not getting you know anything crazy new. 
I don't know. Got Any it. thoughts, Andrew? Um, no, I think you covered it pretty well. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat. I don't. There's nothing immediately that stands out to me that I'm like, oh, that's going to be a nightmare to figure out. Yeah, no, I think we're good there. Nice. All right. Uh, any last thoughts on, on Levia before we, we move on? We should start a bounty for the first person who accidentally gets themselves with their own Death Hydra. <laughs> this, this sounds like a huge thing for the Fab Team Cup coming up. We yeah. can start a pool. <laughs> All right, uh, Vincent, Iron Maiden. So we, we've had the heroes spoiled, the flail, um, the offhand book, and a bunch of M's, widespread annihilation, widespread destruction, widespread ruin, funeral moon, requiem for the damned, and oblivion, and a bunch of R's and commons. Andrew, you've been looking forward to this all day, so take us away. Uh, how do I choose one card? <laughs> There's so many. Choose more than one. We we can give you a couple. So this is this <laughs> yeah. is your wheelhouse. I I don't know if I want that either. That's scary. Widespread destruction looks really sweet. That's the one with when the combat chain closes, each hero who has lost life this turn banishes a card from their arsenal. Then of course has Rune Gate, like lots of these other cards. That, this is, this that looks is pretty the fun. Cost yellow, right? With six yes. power. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah, just trying to find some sneaky ways to make them lose life this turn, take the card from their arsenal, I think could be pretty fun. And then I'm also seeing a lot of interaction with, like, there's quite a few instant cards in here, or cards that could be played as instant if certain conditions are met, or cards with blood debt like that, and I'm just so excited to, like, I feel like almost every game I'm going to be able to come up with something, like, extremely creative with Spellbound Creepers. Yeah, I think Spellbound Creepers is going to be very important to Vincent's success. Mm-hmm. And that is one of those cards that like took me a long time to wrap my head around playing Viscerai. Like, yeah. it's almost like you have to play a hundred games before you like start doing all the math and quantum mechanics, and then it's like creativity <laughs> unlocked, and you can start <laughs> fixing some really clunky hands with Spellbind yep. Creepers. There's still Iron Rot with text for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's sometimes that too. <laughs> Don't worry. And then I'm really excited to make a Nazareth, but I don't know how difficult it's going to be to get six rune chance and then play Oblivion. In this way, that would be pretty easy. Can't you theoretically... It's an instant, right? So you could theoretically, even if you have more than six rune chance, like resolve down to six rune chance, then play Oblivion. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Have to be some kind of like, uh, I don't know, creepers, read the runes... uh... I don't know. Mage Masters, read the rune, read, read the rune in Oblivion. Done. <laughs> Easy. Uh-huh. <laughs> who, who needs Creepers? What do you have, Mage Masters? What do you have, Mage Masters? I'm just playing you Funeral Moon from, from, from Banish at instant speed. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Yeah, There's. I think it's going to be... I'm excited to get my hands on the cards. Because mm-hmm. I think there's going to be quite the balance in building this deck of like... I want a huge pile of blood deck cards. I want enough cards that are making enough rune chance for me. I think I want a bunch of the effects that give things go again. It's going to be you, hard to find the right balance. Do you start the deck with Mordred Tide when you build it, you think? Yeah, I think my first pile is Mordred Tides and nine Mauvern Skies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You you actually have decent access to go again in Vincent. Like we thought it would be a big problem, but actually there's that. I mean, there's a couple, or there's one shadow card I believe that gives go again from our shadow puppetry and... is an insane card. From oh before. yeah, that that still exists. I think there's a new one yeah, though. I thought about Felix that actually. Was saying that gives yeah. go again from banish. Oh, that's good. Uh, putrid stirrings maybe. No, 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 no. That's not the one. Um. I was a shadow one. Tear through the portal. I am skipping ahead. My bad. I thought it was a rude there blade it is. one. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Oops. Okay. Oops, oops, oops. Yeah, I can just foresee myself getting into those hands, though, where I'm drawing four non-attack actions. Vincent makes me banish one. I'm unhappy. It's gonna. <laughs> there's going to be a balance. There's going to be some spreadsheets and some math required to figure it out. Vincent looks like an awesome puzzle. Mm -hmm. like Agreed, I, yeah. This is so new. Yeah, so so hard to think about because we've never had anything like this remotely ever before. I don't know I don't if actually... it's the right play. Go ahead, Jake. Go, uh, go ahead, Adam. Okay, I was just going to kind of jump over a little bit. I don't know if it's the right play to play Blessing of a Cult yet, um, but I think there might be space if you're playing like a Runegate-style deck to play a defensive turn and then play out like a blessing of a cult, get three rune chants, and now you're um over tenning your opponent from banished. Seems seems alright. Um you're uh yeah, you're actually kind of touching on um on what I'm thinking. And so or Felix, you said um we haven't really seen a deck like this before, and um I would give pause in the sense of so my kind of initial read on Vincent, and this is where I'm really excited for Vincent, is uh, there, there, there's kind of something here to me that I'm reading that feels reminiscent to actually uh, peak um, Scalata Viz. And um, mm -hmm. when I think of, um, there was actually, it was funny, when Chain was rolling around, there was actually this Chain uh, OTK deck that some people were trying to do um, where you theoretically never let your 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 soul shackles get above like one or two and you were just trying to like banish one car at a turn and build up your your blood debt and then pop off on this huge turn at the end of the game and uh i mean ultimately chain's big problem at the end of the day was it, despite chain being broken was that you never really had control over what your you know shackle six what am i going to banish oh i just banished six non-blood debt cards well great now i can't do anything and i just die at the end of my turn and uh where I see Vincent as being different is, um, sure, I don't have the same card advantage generating mechanic of the Soul Shackles, but um, it's a hero where I can theoretically develop true card advantage. And in turn, I, I just kind of see there's this maybe OTK puzzle of, you know, if I can uh, find a way to stay alive, uh, you know, we actually even got, what was it, the flail that... Um, uh, you can pressure your opponent without popping your rune chance uh, as you know a, a, an action on a, a weapon that's not a, an attack action. Uh, so maybe I can just sit around and like you know each turn cycle is block with a couple cards. Maybe even play a reduced rune chant, uh, banish one strong rune gate or rune gate or just card that I can play from banish. Build up my blood debt the way I want to. Uh, yeah, I'm taking some damage off my blood debt in the process, but then I just you know, just like OTK Viz did where you 
you know, got down to maybe two or one life and then you got to the turn where it's, you know, you pop your Scalata and then go Sonata and catch. Maybe now it's, you know, okay, I got all the pieces I want in my Banish, uh, catch. And uh, I'm excited to explore that space with Vincent. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited also to see how it interacts with the the legacy card pool or or older strategies. For me, the the card that I'm I'm excited to see if it can work is Ninth Blade, uh, because now there's potential synergies with making Maroon Chance, um, being able to potentially to double up on the discount. And I mean, I I don't know. I just love Rattle grabbing Ninth Blade. <laughs> that is, <laughs> if we can make that work then i'm I'm really happy yeah and, and on the topic it, with what i just listed you said legacy cards i forgot to mention like uh seeds and rift bind are kind of enablers i'm looking for in this shell that i'm uh kind of describing because yep. that's back on the menu and there's no reason why i can't just theoretically you know banish a she- seeds almost every turn and even sutcliffe's hide yep. is such an easy or we can even go snapdragon scalers but uh sutcliffe's hides for for o- otk viz perspective you know you can just go see a billion seeds uh Riftbine, Sutcliffe's Riftbine, and it's still a stupid turn. Plus, you're going to have a ton of rune chance on top of that. That's going to be hard for your opponent to catch. Okay. Anything else on, on Vincent? All right. Well, move on to the shadow cards. So, I mean, we, we did touch on the Levia Redeemed uh, card, which is technically shadow. Then there's the equipment. There's a couple M's, Dabble in Darkness, change, Chains of Mephetis. And dimensional vortex and a bunch of R's and C's. Any standout cards for you here, Shay? Dimensional vortex by far. Ah, he beat yeah. me to it. Yeah. 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 I think we. I think we're all drooling over this. Yeah. Number one, it has no pitch, so it looks super sweet on the yeah. card art. Um, but Vincent being able to banish a blood debt card that she drew into, because that's always the thing with the shadow room blades is you don't want to see cards in your hand. You want to banish them. And this card gives you a way to banish a card that you didn't want to draw into. And that's, I think, going to be a super powerful play pattern for her. And even Chain and Blitz, I think, had there's some potential here. It does cost three, so it's super costly. Um, but if you banished it, if you were Chain, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential with this card. Yeah, and I'd even add, uh, you know, if we're looking at the the Vincent kind of, uh, uh, you know, OTK shell I was just describing, uh, this is a very powerful card for helping enable that game plan in the sense of you can banish it and just sit on it until you think your opponent's um, got a card arsenal that, uh, yeah. that, that you know, that they, you want gone, like, so that they can't be as strong. Um, th- this just helps enable that. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited because yeah this is an action so not all of us are saying this sucks when you can't Rosetta like why would anyone do this but but all of us are thinking about these potentially slower game plans where we're we're blocking we're setting up a turn we're ending our turn with this action that doesn't do damage but that's okay because we have something bigger coming around and that that kind of play style has not been emphasized as much lately. I, I I know the very best players for like Viserai know when to lay down their whole hand and block, and just stack up some rune chance, etc. It's still a skill, but it's not a skill that's as emphasized lately. So I think the fact that we're all excited about this, you know, it it's cool. I don't know how else to put it. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. Andrew, did you have anything to add on dimensional vortex? No, I'm I'm excited for that one. 
I was going to say I'm really excited to play Dabble in Darkness in uh, in Chain, like in Blitz or something. That card seems pretty sweet. Whether we get it in hand or from Blood Debt, yeah. we uh, can activate Chain, give it go again, get more cards off the top of our deck. Seems good. Chains of Mephitis stands out to me for, for similar reasons where not only can you, you know, it, it kind of shows this dual intent of, you know, I can build up my banish, but I can also deny my opponent drawing a card at the same time. And, you know, yeah, obviously, like, if, if your opponent plays out of their, their banish zone, maybe you side this card out. But, um, yeah, some cool tools. Do you do you guys think that something like Shrouds of Darkness will see play in Chain or specifically Vincet? Um, it reads, if your hero would be dealt damage, you may banish this card to prevent two of that damage um, at Blood Debt. Or is this more like a Leviah card? I don't know. Um, any, any thoughts on the armor, the equipment suite? Um, in the past, in like Lightning Briar, where the whole deck is red, I've played like Spell Void in every slot that I could against Wizards. Yeah. And I could see using this kind of like that in like a Chain Blitz deck that's pretty red heavy. Playing yeah. against a Kano or something, you just play all four of the, the Shroud, Cloak of Darkness, Grasp of Darkness, Dance of Darkness cards. Yeah. That's kind of my read on it, too. I honestly thought of this as limited cards at first, and I was like, wait, this isn't a limited set. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, that was my first thought, too. Yeah, I agree with Andrew. These are these are just better spell void. Hmm. All right. Um, on to the random cards or the i don't know how else to put it because there's earth there's ice there's brute the everything else everything. category misc <laughs> so yeah what in the misc slash generic pool excites you let's start Northern wins <laughs> looks, <laughs> <What>? so, <laughs> looks good <laughs> does it actually Andrew? just from an art perspective <laughs> the art looks good yeah <laughs> And man, I don't know. It just it fills so many slots that old him liked and needed. It's a blue. It's an ice card. It does just block for two, but with unity, you get more of an advantage. Here's it. They cleared then, up the freeze wording on it though, and since they cleared it up, I do think that the freeze part on it's underwhelming because at the end of the day, the freeze mechanic hasn't lived up to I think what we thought it would. Yeah. So if it's PvE and I'm Oldham and I'm leading the party or I'm tanking and I can shut down the boss and stop a key piece of equipment going off while my allies go in for the kill, that would be sweet. I think I could see an application there. I'm not sure. I suppose yeah. it, it doesn't even freeze Arsenal as well. Anthem of Spring seems fine for Briar. Yeah, I like that one for Briar as well. Again, it fills all the boxes of like Earth card, blue, blocks for two, but if we're blocking with another card, we get our embodiment of Earth token and then it's blocking for three. Yeah, like if I see this on a Force of Nature turn, I'm so stoked where like I go Force of Nature fusing with this attack action, uh, then follow it up with Anthem of Spring. Well, actually at that point, you're you're double dipping on the, uh, the lightning token. Hmm. Uh... I don't know, I gotta think about that. Either way, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Anthem of Spring fills all the boxes for Briar. Briar just needed more consistency, and so I think that is just kind of like a sleigh upgrade over some of the other Earth cards they're playing. 
I wish Call to Lightning, Call Down the Lightning, wasn't so cute because uh, I miss the old days of Ball Lightning and Call Down the Lightning screams. I can set up some weird frazzle bramble spark, Call Down the Lightning, and just like one point of damage kills them like for forty points. <laughs> I have to believe that Lightning eventually, when they reprint Aria or do Aria two, that <laughs> Aria remastered. Is there there? Yeah, there's a huge <laughs> hole in the lightning card pool right now because ball lightning's gone and it's been gone for a while. Um, yeah, I, I do like those damage amplification effects. As oh, well. nothing was more fun than just like uh, in, in, in Tales Limited, ball lightning, ball lightning, ball lightning, mark of lightning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Un- unpreventable, essentially. Oh, you chose to block this one? Yeah, you're dead to four damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, a lot of Runeblade players here. What, what what do you think about the new Carapace um, and the Scepter as well? I'm a little underwhelmed. I, the Scepter, I think, is, like I said, really cool for Vincent back to this idea of, you know, trying to push damage while not popping your rune chance prematurely. Um, right. The Carapace, I'm... It's interesting, it's like my first read is meh but then the more i think about it i'm like no there's something there but then i'm like i'm torn on this how useful is it because temper two is fine don't get me wrong i'm hung up on the first the fact that it's just ab2 with no other ability uh where you know people are like well ab2 is great well when you think about the actual applicability of ab2 it's great anytime you're seeing um obviously like two or more arcane so like the mirror wizard, but beyond that, like AB two, you know, if I'm if I'm pitching into rune chance or pings of arcane from, uh, I'm a merciful retribution or something like that, AB two is actually worse. So now I'm I'm on this, this this thing where I'm like, where am I actually getting the full value out of this? And that's where I'm hung up. I don't right. know. Uh, you know, maybe in a rune blade mirror mirror fest, it, it's really good if Rosetta sticks around for a bit. But, like, it's not good into rune chance. My thoughts... Yeah, my thoughts went directly to the, like, Viscerai Mirror, where I've always struggled on which piece of equipment I'm sacrificing for my Arcane Barrier 1 against a Viscerai with Rosetta Thorn. And I was disappointed that this just has the Arcane Barrier 2, like you were saying. I wish it had, like, two lines of Arcane Barrier 1, and then it would actually be the perfect piece for, like, the Viscerai. That's cool. If it was AB1 twice, that that is cool. Yeah. That I would have really That's been on for. I but yeah, just loved the fact this. that it's, whereas the chess piece is so traditionally a resource-generating equipment slot or resource-manipulating equipment slot, the fact that this has nothing to do with a resource manipulation even though you know if we say okay um Skelato was maybe pushed just something like i i think more often than not, i'd rather run iron weave than this same right. this looks good against bolander only yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or arcano if they're running nourishing emptiness right yeah it feels like it's a little late yes yes um like so this should have came in tails Ro- rose Rosetta being on the cusp of leaving, um, you know, there goes a uh, very easy target for AB2. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I primarily play OTK Viserai, <laughs> and <laughs> this is this, these two, so the Scepter of Pain and the Dyadic Carapace um, together, because the Scepter is one handed. That means I can also play Arc 
the Arcane Lantern. So now I now have access to AB6 against Kano as a OTK Viserai player. So I could theoretically block all of Kano's damage, you know, depending on how it comes out, but you could actually block like up to six. And one of the one of the hardest matchups for OTK Viserai right now is letting a wizard have whatever free room he wants to do on you. Um, so this this kind of lets you uh, go to AB6. So that's kind of where I would see the use to. I think it's a sideboard card, um, depending on the meta for the temper and maybe the arcane, like you said, really good into Bolander potentially. Um, and along with that, the Scepter of Pain is uh, once per turn action, pitch two, deal one arcane damage to each, any opposing hero. It seems PvE-esque, but, you know, uh, is a is my opponent going to pitch one to block the one arcane damage or give me a room chant? Uh, so I could kind of see this way as to like potentially get a few extra rune chants on an OTK Viserai setup. Yeah. And it's yeah. easier than the book because the book you had to pitch a non-attack and an attack, which was awful. Um, yeah. So this this is a, a pushing sort of like two points of damage potentially uh, if your opponent lets it hit. So, yeah. Oh, it also shuts down Looming Doom. Yeah, there's the tech. There's the tech we're all missing. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Looming too. Oh, this my that's my win condition. I'm very excited for Starstruck. I think Bravo will be okay. This this coming meta. Yeah, that card looks pretty bonkers. Shiana got yeah. a ton of buffs. A lot of specs. That's for sure. Yeah. Shiana is buff to find... the moon. She is. Does anybody play or dabble in Shiana here? From time to time, but not, not religiously. Nope. Yeah. Someday Maybe I will. Someday I will pull off my. Uh, what is it? The dream of Sandsketch's plan. Uh, fetch um, something stupid, big and chunky, into uh, get the two action points. Go Steel Blade Supremacy. Talishar, draw a card. Uh, <laughs> still have an action point. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Now I, I can go flail. I do want to. Oh no! Flail's a, not a sword. Damn it! <laughs> yeah. All right. I I do want to briefly touch on the great axe. I think this feels weirdly thrown in. There's zero axe support in this set. Why did this weapon come out right here and right now? <laughs> yeah, you just gotta sneak in a rare axe at from time to time. <laughs> do you? <laughs> There isn't even a one-handed weapon to go with uh, Bastion of Unity. Yeah, yeah. just stocking the cupboard with for some. Uh, but yeah, yeah probably. Um, I mean, that's that was the potions yeah. and trinkets in uh, in Everfest, though, right? We all know that that's a PVE support. Yeah. Okay, I think we'll we'll wrap up the uh, the spoiler review portion uh, of this bonus episode here. So we're just going to do a, a quick uh, quick segment here about the upcoming band and, band and restricted announcement. What is everyone's hot take on what's going to happen? So I'm, I'm going to go first this time because I've, I've put myself last. And my, my hot take is that we, we will see probably um a hit to to bolton shot would be my guess um for for lexi um i was thinking about three of a kind or falcon wing as well but um 
I'm I'm not sure. Bolton shot seems seems appropriate to me. Falcon wings a hot t- hot take. That's the first I've heard of that <laughs> that one. Not Falcon my riptide support. <laughs> so, I I think there's merit for for Bolton shot. Like, but it targets the other two rangers, and they're they're fine where they are. So. I feel like three of a kind is the obvious if there is one. Um, just the amount of value that Lexi gets off of being able to block and then still have a three-card hand uh, is is too great. I mean, I think Rain Razors is potentially in the argument as well. But I I feel like those are stronger than Bolton Shot. I know Andrew was playing Lexi a lot in the last little bit, so maybe you got something to say about that. My mind went directly to Bolton Shot as well, but my problem with it is that it hurts Azalea so much for mm-hmm. no reason. Without yep. Bolton Shot, Azalea would struggle so much into Dromai or just any matchups where you need to, you know, do anything more than just one big arrow in a turn. Sometimes you do try to set up for like a Rain Razor's go wide turn and finish off with a big infecting shot or something, and that would just be so detrimental to lose Bolton Shot. But. I was thinking of, of something in Lexi as well, and if it can't be Bolton Shot, or to be honest, I don't know why LSS hasn't yet, like, why can't they ban a card in one deck, like, Bolton Shot is banned in Lexi? Yeah, it's it, it's a good question, and maybe we'll, we'll go there eventually. I think right now there is some value in the simplicity of uh, just, this is banned, this isn't, there's no confusion uh, yeah. whatsoever that way, but yeah, it's a great question. Okay, I guess, Andrew, um, so would you also say Bolton Shot, or if you had to bet if, if there was a ban or, or just no changes, what would you what would you say? I'm into no changes right now. I think that's Got what it. they're going to pick. Yeah. And then, yeah, with the new set coming out, I think they let that kind of settle and marinate for a little while first. Okay. I agree. No changes, Shay? No, no changes. Got it. Well, what do you think, uh, Adam? I think we uh, unban Scalato, we unban Ball Lightning, and we really let things buck. Oh, and we unarata Briar. <laughs> no, uh, uh, team, team chaos. All <laughs> no, right. I, I'm, I'm very much in the camp. Like, I, honestly, actually, I, I have this hot take that um, I, I'm, I'm not going to go into the full hot take here, but essentially, I think um throughout the monarch tales everfest block uh we banned things way too aggressively um to a point where i think it didn't let the game just don't get me wrong things were pushed and the power level was too high but we just we didn't let things play out to this full fruition and potential uh so within that i'm actually a huge proponent for for no changes here um mind you the only thing that kind of weighs in my mind for no changes is um i don't know what after this bns uh announcement coming out uh what the landscape looks like for competitive events leading up to nat season um if there is no true period within there to kind of like titrate things my hope is that lss is maybe in the background being a little more aware of that versus um if we do have time to titrate uh then we just let things fly um but yeah, I, I haven't been following uh, the event dates that closely. I know, obviously, Nats kicks up in September, but yeah. That's, yeah, no changes, I think, ultimately. All right, so three out of four, no changes. And me, the the lone holdout, uh, just wanting to 
to cause Azalea some collateral damage as if she hasn't <laughs> been hurt enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's why they don't touch. Sorry, I, I think that's why they don't touch bolt and shot. Mm, is that's a good point. For for years, Azaleas have been asking for support, and they finally get it, and she's still not running the show. <laughs> because Oldham was around. Yeah, was but gone. again, that's probably why we get the the, the marinating season. Mm. Marinade things maybe a little bit. Uh, Are we talking like a smoky mesquite uh, or like a? Sweet something, sweet and, spicy. sweet and spicy. Okay, okay, I see you. Yeah, <laughs> whatever Lexi's arrows taste like. <laughs> Those probably taste like sharpness. Poison, cold. <laughs> your, your tongue getting cut off. Yeah, you All don't right. taste anymore. Well, really appreciate uh, everyone sticking around and uh, joining us for this bonus episode of the IP2 podcast. Um, if, uh, I guess, Andrew, you told us that you are not available on any social media, so we'll True. just, we'll just keep an eye out for, for you. Hopefully, uh, in an Oilers jersey at, uh, somewhere. top tables. Yeah. At top tables somewhere. Maybe Vegas. At a event near you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Adam, yeah. where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm on, I'm all over on discord and, and lots of different servers. Uh, you can also find me on, uh, on Twitter, uh, at FOMToolery TCG. Um, honorable mention the combat chain that's something I've been involved in it's something I uh, am gonna get the you know get the uh, the rust off the engine get it going here soon but uh, yeah awesome and you can always find Shay and I at the IP2 podcast on YouTube and Twitter and IP2 podcast at wraith.social at mastodon thank you so much Wasn't that the Dairy Queen commercial where like the guy was like trying to lick the the brownie batter and lost his tongue or something? Wow, that's a really dark Dairy Queen commercial in hindsight. I can't believe they well, ran okay. that. We, we have completely, <laughs> completely lost the plot here. I think this. If is anybody's our... even this far in, <laughs> this is our our side to cut things off. I. <laughs> <laughs>